It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. All right, welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where where men and women can be at their best. Everyone wins. Guys Guys Radio. We've got a great show for you this evening. Our special guest is medium and trance channel Riz Mirza. He works up in the L.A. area. He does the Circle of Life uh, every week at his uh, studio. And what he does is he channels in a couple of different entities. He's actually channeled in about 100, 100 or so entities, but the two that he brings through are um, a uh, Indian chief, Chief Red Eagle, and another one, an Englishman named Phineas. And um, what we're going to do this evening is he is going to go into his trance, meaning Riz is going to go into his trance, and he's going to channel through one of the entities, and I am going to be interviewing that entity for you on Guys Guys Radio. So it's going to be a really cool show. I can't wait to get started. I hope you guys had a great Memorial Day weekend. Uh, here in the East Coast, we had perfect weather. I just got back from Korea, and uh, I spent two weeks there. And um, it is just an absolutely amazing country, and not ex- not what I expected in the least, and particularly the city of Seoul. So I was hoping if I could spend a few moments with you and just talk about some of the differences that I noticed between uh, where I am right now, New York City. I will be moving, my family and I were moving to uh, Southern California area later this summer, but I'm still here in the city, in New York City, and um, it's very different. As you know, New York's different than most other places, but very different in Seoul. Seoul is a city in uh, South Korea that has uh, 10 million plus people. In fact, half of the country of Korea, I believe they have 50 million people, 25 million live kind of around the Seoul area. So it's really jam-packed with people, but somehow they make it work and they make it uh, a lot less chaotic than it is here in New York City where we have, I don't know, about 10 million um, between the five boroughs. But I had a great time because uh, a number of reasons. One is uh, I went with family. My wife's an American, but uh, she lived in Korea until she was six years old. So she has some family over there, and my mother-in-law just moved back from San Diego back to uh, Seoul, and um, she's going to spend part of the time in the States and part of the time there. But uh, So we visited with her, and her and her family, they live on the outskirts of Seoul, about an hour or so away. So we got a real flavor for you know the, just how the everyday people live in the suburbs, and um, it's really interesting because they have these planned areas where all these apartment buildings are there, just set up, and the buildings are all exactly alike, and you think, oh my God, it's 1984. However, they're all really nice, and then they have like shopping uh, right, right there. So everything you need, all your stuff is kind of right there. And the way the shopping works in Korea is that the buildings are, uh, the shopping's like vertical. So it goes up different floors um, as where all the shopping is. And it goes up, you know, high, maybe you go up to the 20th floor to eat. So it's not typical where everything's kind of spread out and California's spread out. Most things are on the first level here in New York. Uh, most things are still on the first level, except, you know what, when you go to Koreatown, it's it's vertical. The businesses are stacked on top of each other, so it's the same thing there. But it's all kind of planned out, so that was kind of weird, but actually it, it works. They have, uh, I, I listed uh, about 35 different uh, things between uh, living in the States and particularly in New York and Seoul, Korea. But just in general, because uh, I went from, as I mentioned, I was in the suburbs for a few days, then we went to this place called Jeju Island. 
And it's a small island uh, south of the peninsula that is South Korea. And um, Jeju Island is kind of like their version of Hawaii, if you will. It's a tropical paradise. There's lava stone all around, beautiful aquamarine waters. Um, unfortunately, when I was there, when we, we, we were there for about three days, and it was, the weather was not agreeable at all, but we managed to have a good time uh, with the group of people we have. And then we spent about four or five days in Seoul. Um, and uh, some of the differences between just overall uh, big picture Korean life and ha- here in the States and particularly in the cities between Seoul and New York, I'll just kind of tick them off to you over the next couple of weeks. So the first one I, that really stuck out to me is uh, coffee. Uh, it's one of the highest ca- ca- per capita coffee drinking uh, cities and nations in the world. There's coffee. It's not like where's one Starbucks on the corner. And there are Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts over there, but there is so, are so many coffee places and all of the coffee is good. What's weird is if you order a latte, that means coffee with milk because milk is kind of a scarcity type of item. They just they don't they don't consume dairy the way we do here. So if you want a latte, that just means that your coffee is going to have some milk in it. The latte 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 that we have is a little bit is a little bit different. But all the coffee there very smooth, very nice, and people and very very rarely decaffeinated, and people just drink coffee all the time, all day, everywhere. So. Uh, I've never seen a place that had, so I thought we had a deep penetration of coffee in the States now. Nothing compared to Korea. Um, The other thing that stood out to me was that it was uh, an incredibly clean, uh, particularly Seoul, incredibly clean city. For 10 million people, they had, uh, there's lots of water flowing. um, There's fountains, there's gardens, there's beautiful sculptures outside all the office buildings. They even put up one for when it gets really hot and sunny. They put up these uh, umbrellas that people can stand under, the, the commuters and the pe- pedestrians can stand under when they're waiting to cross these big, super, uh, super wide streets that they have there. So it's a very thoughtful city, and it's also clean as a whistle. The weirdest thing over there was it's hard to find a garbage can when you're in Seoul or in any place in Korea. They have a very specific recycling system that I won't get into all the specifics, but they do separate the food from everything else. But you don't see many garbage cans. In fact, if you have a garbage like a cup or something that you want to throw out, you have to really carry it around with you a while and probably find a bathroom or something uh, or the entrance to one of the subways where you're going to uh, find some garbage cans. But for the most part, it's very rare to find garbage cans. And the rarest thing is it's clean. The city is so clean, so there's less receptacles and less garbage. Very odd. I don't know how that all works, but somehow it does. So that's that was very different. Also, it's in my opinion, is and from everybody I spoke to and people who live there, it's very safe. You don't have to worry about you know getting held up or anything like that. Uh, and people who you uh, encounter uh, just in simple business transactions and all that, it's not like people are looking to rip you off over there. And it's interesting, even when you drive on the highways, they give you this warning that we're going to be tracking your speed now, and it goes off on your GPS. And then when you're through that section, it, it, it uh, alerts you again. So it's not like they're, they want to sneak up and catch you. And the same thing with doing business with anybody there. It's just pretty straightforward where um, people want you to have a good experience. So that was kind of nice. Also, no taxes on items that you buy and no tipping. Everything's baked in, so it keeps things real simple. Their currency is won, W-O-N, and uh, the exchange rate right now, when I was there the last couple of weeks, was about 84 cents 
uh, uh, to the dollar. So uh, it was good for the uh, American currency. You you got bigger bang from your buck for eighty four cents. You got a, a what's a dollar over there. So that that worked nicely. So things weren't quite as expensive. And overall, it wasn't as expensive as New York City or Southern California. Uh, a little bit, you know, I'd say a, a level down uh, in terms of pricing. We stayed at, when we were in Seoul, at one of these uh, suite-type places where you get the whole kitchen and everything. You can cook your own food if you want. We had a three-bedroom, and it was uh, very nice and a great neighborhood, in Sedong neighborhood, which is kind of like their Soho, if you will. And it was only like 200 bucks a night. And so that's 200 inclusive, no tax, no tipping, none of that other stuff. So, and it had a washer dryer in the place and uh, beautiful views and everything. So pretty cool. So that's just the tip of the iceberg on uh, the differences between Korea and the U.S. I'll get into them at another time, but we've got a great show on Guys Guys Radio. As you know, what I like to do is bring different guests on the show who have something to share, something a little bit different, something you might not have thought about, because I think there's a lot of us nowadays who are seeking. They want to know more. They want some options. They want to have different information than what the mainstream media is serving up. So that's what we do here in Guys Guys Radio, and I hope you enjoy it. And I thank you for your support because um, we're on iHeartRadio now, we're on Spotify, we're all over the place. And also, of course, we're on KCAA every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Channeling. Riz is going to channel. Once again, he's going to call in one of the entities and he's going to pretty much step out of the broadcast. So it'll be me and whoever comes in through him. And that's who I'll be interviewing. So hang in there with me. I think we're going to have a great show. It's going to be really interesting. It'll be new territory for me. I've worked with some channels before, but I've never been the one speaking directly to the channel for an extended period of time or interviewing them on terrestrial radio. So thanks for joining me. Guys Guys Radio, your host, Robert Mann. We're back on Guys Guys Radio. We have a special guest, as I've mentioned to you. It's not Archangel Michael or Tesla or Kepler or Elijah or Isaiah or Emmanuel, although we might end up speaking with uh, and communicating with any of these people. But our special guest, and I'm really excited about him being on Guys Guys Radio, is Riz Mirza. And he is uh, he has a place called Circle of Light, and he's a psychic medium and trans channel. And I'm so, he has a wonderful story. He does incredible work. He's been doing it for many years in the Los Angeles area. And I'm thrilled to have him on Guys Guys Radio. So welcome, Riz. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And now, uh, you know, the show, as I, uh, we had talked a little bit, it's uh, really, uh, I believe that a lot of our listeners, are, they're in a seeking mode that, you know, everybody has to do their job and go to work and they, they consume the traditional media, but they're looking for more. More and more nowadays, people want answers and they want different points of view and they want to know different practices that are available, things they can do to, you know, quote unquote, raise their vibration, live their best life. So I want to have you on the show and uh, as a trans channel uh, a psychic medium in a trance channel. Tell our audience uh, what you do, what it is you do, what is a trance channel, what is a psychic medium, and how we're going to work it out during the show for our listeners. Well, I'd love to talk about what trance channeling is. The word psychic medium or those those words psychic and medium, there's some people are just psychic and some people are mediums. I think you can develop your psychic ability. I don't think you can actually develop your mediumship ability. I tend to think that those people who can connect with those who have crossed over were kind of born with that ability. Mm-hmm. And they can develop that stronger and stronger. I have heard some cases where some people have an experience that was very powerful and suddenly their communication begins. But even in that sort of situation, I tend to 
discover that they always had some inkling that they had an ability or an openness inside of them that was beyond what would be considered quote unquote normal. So that would be mediumship. And psychic ability is something that I believe we are all born with. I believe we are psychic beings. What does that mean? That means that you all human beings have the capacity to intuit, right? So intuitiveness, we all have our intuition. Now, what is intuition based on? It's just a feeling. You have a feeling about something. And sometimes when that feeling is correct, quote unquote, you had a feeling about something, then that thing seemed to turn out the way you thought it was going to. Then we say, ah, your intuition is right on. And then if let's say you had a feeling about something and it didn't happen the way you thought it would, oh, your intuition was quote unquote off. So that could be very, um, very simple to understand. But what I have found about psychic phenomena is that it's it's such a field and a, an area of study that so many people become a little bit confused by it because most of what all of us grow up uh, reading about psychic phenomenon or learning about is through movies or television or these ideas of fortune tellers on the boardwalk, that kind of thing. And you know they're just out to get your money or psychic phenomenon isn't real. Well, I've never been interested in trying to convince skeptics about mm-hmm. it because... <laughs> You know, some skeptical people, if they don't believe in UFOs, an alien could land, kiss them on the forehead, slap them in the face and hug them and get in their ship and fly out. And they'll go, wow, that was a weird hoax. Right, right. So what happened, Riz, what happened to what happened to you? How did this all occur to you? Because my understanding of your background, you were a musician in a heavy metal band in New York City. But before that, you were, you know, but you were aspiring artists. But when did you have your first uh, inkling that you had some uh, advanced psychic abilities? And when did you start um, channeling? So the first moment of psychic ability that I had was, and it was mediumship, actually. I was seven years old. And I was with my mom. She brought me to one of her friend's homes. And I was just like a typical seven-year-old, really bored unless there was another kid there. And so I was just hanging out with my mom as she's hanging out with her friend at this new house that I was at. And I remember looking at this sofa and I blurted out, somebody died on that couch. Mm -hmm. I just blurted out. It was a seven-year-old kid who had nothing to say, but that came out. And my mom, remember my mom giving me the strangest look, obviously. And she gave me kind of an admonishing look, like, don't be, don't say something strange or ridiculous, don't embarrass me. But her friend stopped me and said, wait, son, how did you know that? My father died on that couch three months ago. I was taking care of him. Now, Mm -hmm. I see him with my physical eyes, but I must say that I saw him with my third eye. And that I just looked at the couch. Every fiber in my being said someone is dying on that. Someone died there. Mm-hmm. So I had no explanation. My parents were attorneys in Brooklyn, New York, and there was, there was mm-hmm. no psychic anybody in my family. Like a lot of wonderful psychics have that story. My grandmother was intuitive. I didn't have that. Now, sensitivity is really the key word that I use when it comes to you know really living a fulfilling life is you have to be sensitive. But then again, you have to be sensitive as an artist. You have to be sensitive as a human being, as a father and a husband, which I am. But at the same time, when you're doing psychic work, you have to become very sensitive. And I was a very sensitive young boy growing up in the Bronx in New York. And I began to have feelings in stepping into rooms, stepping um, into 
even I could be online at the supermarket as a kid with my parents and mm-hmm. I something about the person behind me. So there was no rhyme or reason. I didn't have anyone to share this with. So I began to push that kind of underground and uh, since it wasn't really accepted or nurtured and began and became an artist, I channeled my sensitivity into art. Mm-hmm. How did you feel, uh, Riz, when you, like the second time this happened and you realized, wow, I've got something going on here that uh, maybe other people don't have as uh, developed as the, as, the, as the stability that I have unlocked or whatever. How did you feel about it? Well, I was kind of a chicken. So like I would be alone in my room and I could feel presence. And I would just, that's the way I told my mom, oh, there's someone in my room. Now, these were just wonderfully friendly spirit guides. But I, if I could feel someone, that felt weird to me. So I didn't, I didn't necessarily look upon it as a good feeling. I was told it was my imagination or I watched too many movies mm-hmm. and it really didn't get nurtured till I ended up to make a very, a longer story shorter in my twenties at a trans channeling session with a much older, wonderful trans channel in New York city. His name is Alex Murray. And I went there just to get messages about where my career was going. Same, same reason mm-hmm. why people come to me for messages. I went, someone somehow brought me there and I saw this man trans channel and I saw spirit guides and, you know, speaking through him beautifully, eloquently, powerfully. I was very moved. And the message I got is that I would be doing that one day. And how did you feel about that? I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) I was singing in a band. You go try and all the listeners out there, try telling a musician, you're not going to make it as a musician. You're going to be sitting in a chair channeling spirit guides to people on the other Mm -hmm. side of the country. Now, um, I mentioned some names at the beginning beginning of uh, when I brought you on, and I didn't mention Merlin and Gabriel and Sebastian Bach and Paul Revere and Copernicus. How, how, how are you how do they how have they come to you, and how have you been able to identify them? and why do certain individuals come through at, at different times for different reasons? I know you deal with, and I want you to tell the audience about this also. You have a couple of main guides that channel through you, but you've had all these historical figures yes. um, kind of come through to you also. I, How does it all work? I have no idea because I actually would just cut out most of the time in high school and history class. So I don't. <laughs> I think I learned about history <laughs> through my spirit guides. This is this is really how it happened. So. Okay, so before we get into that, let's talk about what trans-channeling is. Yeah. So trans-channeling, simply put, is a person who we call the trans-channel or channeler who is able to enter into a deep meditative state. Literally, some people are full trans-channels, which is what I am, meaning I completely leave my body, which is sort of like going to sleep. And then a spirit guide, which is a master teacher, who is not, what is a master teacher? It is those souls who are not incarnating anymore. They're not coming back to any level of reality in the physical that we perceive as a physical. They are now in that identity of a spirit guide. Some people call spirit guides angels. Some people call it the ancestors, the watchers, the universe. Whatever your background is, know that we have always, as human beings, referred to a group of benevolent energies, beings, intelligences that have been with human beings, helping to guide them. Every faith believes in this. Every tribe believes in this. This is not, this is in every Abrahamic religion as well, that angels are with us. Mm -hmm. But we are coming from a place that's not really in that, in the religious sense, we're coming from what we tend to call the spiritual understanding. 
right? The metaphysical understanding. Yes. So mm-hmm. Allow these guides will come through somebody who's very open and speak through them literally the way a musician would play an instrument. So full um, body and uh, voice characteristics, even physicalities, the spirit guides have gotten in my body and actually walked around at some of my retreats and been there for hours. So I began to feel do psychic readings eventually, and I could hear the names of people's spirit guides around them. We all have spirit guides. Everyone has a different set of them, and they'll surprise you. They don't all have wings. You know, some of them mm-hmm. look like coal miners to me because their job is to dig you out. And I'm not kidding. That's how they'll appear to my vision. Now, when you're working with somebody, do your um, spirit guides um, interact with the individual spirit guides? Is there some type of dynamic that goes on there? I feel like it's a part. Well, I'll, I'll be dating myself by saying the word party line. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say it's like a multi. multi right, right, right. <laughs> let's say it's a multi Skype call. Okay. Okay. And they're all in on it. Now, um, the gate. You mentioned the concept of a gatekeeper. My, I take, as I've mentioned to the, our listeners, a, a spiritual enfoldment class. I take it on Tuesday nights, and we learn there that we all have a what's called a keeper of the threshold. It kind of opens the door and closes the door, and kind of protects us and lets the right information in or doesn't let things in. And we can develop a relationship with that keeper of the threshold. And it's also known as a gatekeeper. Is this and what I'm, what I am is what I am saying accurate? And how do you define gatekeeper in the process? I define, I think that it's accurate in the sense that it agrees with me. If mm-hmm. I didn't agree, I would say it's inaccurate. <laughs> no, good. No. I never go for it, whether, whether it's right or not. That's such a, you mm-hmm. know, right. especially in this work. If that's been your experience, I always tell people, then it's valid. Um, but I do tend to connect dots. And what I've noticed in people who meditate, such as yourself, and who are connecting in that way, we are finding that there are these main um, beings who are with us most of the time. I say that the gatekeeper is the one who checks the ID card of all the other energies that want to come in. Right. And go, you're getting in the club or you're not getting in the club. This is mm-hmm. a big key. Get out of here. Yeah. Now, who is, uh, tell us about your main um, um, entities, if you will, are uh, loving guides that ch- you channel. Uh, Red Eagle is one and he's Red a, he was Phineas an- is another. Okay. Phineas is a being who has incarnated many, many different lifetimes. Um, one was ancient, ancient Hebrew times. Okay. Um, and another was, um, he was uh, Phineas Quimby, who was um, one of the founders of the New Thought Movement. Um, all of this I learned, actually, after the fact. My wife is the one who kind of goes and says, let me look at who they were. Mm-hmm. I've never really been interested. For example, you know, I wasn't really an, a Native Americanophile, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. But... I started channeling this Native American guide. And um, you don't have to be, you know, and I don't channel really any Indian. I'm Indian from India, mm-hmm. but I don't really channel any of the gurus. So it doesn't matter what nationality you are. There is no nationality on the other side. Even though Red Eagle comes through as a Native American, there's no ethnicity once you leave this body. There's no gender once you leave this body. You are the formless one. You are... The, you are the the everything. You become so with the infinite. So it's more of a collective. So you will have your individual spirit will be your individual spirit, but it's part of a bigger global spirit, if universal spirit, if you will. So it's a broader consciousness, even though that individual can, is kind of in there also. 100% is, that's been my experience as well, because the guides have said, you may see me as this um, 
scholar with an English accent, but I'd been a 10-year-old Asian girl who was fighting in a war as well. This is uh, Guys Guys Radio, your host, Robert Manny, uh, my wonderful guest, Riz Mirza, uh, L.A. Uh, trance channel and psychic medium. So we're actually going to do it live, and we're going to do it on the air, and I think it's fantastic. So why don't you explain to our listeners, Riz, how, how we're going to do this, how this works? Because you're going to kind of step out, right? I'm going to step out. This is where I'm going to trance channel and allow the guides to come through. I always tend to feel them around anyway, and I feel them around right now, <laughs> chomping at the bit to, to come and speak to you guys. My name is Phineas, and I greet you. Hello, Phineas. There are those who feel that they are living in the age of information. You refer to your errors as ages, your industrial age, and so forth. And you are, of course, seeing this technologically quickly moving phase as your information age. You have your internet and your various forms of media that are channeled through this technology. And so you are referring it to as such. The information, therefore, that is being shared through this technology seems to make your world closer together. Indeed, there are movements and relationships and conversations that have occurred through this technology that one would say very confidently that you are in the information age. But we have come to perhaps have you reconsider this notion. You, my friends, are in the energy resource management age. Think of this for a moment. Because your macrocosm, the nations, are fighting with one another over something. And the source of this is the resource known as oil. These are your fossil fuels. They are the currency of the day. And wars are being fought because of this. The energy source of oil is a limited energy source. There is an only a finite amount of this resource on your planet. And when it is gone, it shall be gone. In the meantime, there are those who are scrambling to find alternative sources of energy. And what are the qualities of this new resource that you will feel will save you? Well, the qualities shall be that they are limitless, they are sustainable, and that they are renewable. You are seeking these energy sources. And if these energy sources are found, discovered or created, it will perhaps remove these causes for war and for economic distress and certainly the pollution of your external environment, therefore, of course, not far behind it, the pollution of your inner environment. An entire restructuring and rethinking would have to happen simply because you have chosen to find a new source of energy. Now, what is occurring? On the microcosm level, that would be the individual. You are also seeking energy, which is renewable, sustainable, and limitless. You will find that you have your pursuits, which seem to give you this. Whether those pursuits 
indeed are sustainable or renewable or limitless, you shall know very quickly. But those in the path of holistic wellness will know that whether it is through the proper nutrition or proper farming and taking care of the land and your mental wellness, your own spiritual development, knowing that you are the wellspring of your own joy, what is your reality? Your reality is a very personal notion. And by that we mean whatever you are feeling inside of yourself at any given moment is your reality. It is not necessarily that which is occurring externally. For many of you have been very unhappy at a celebration. You are sitting there, they are all very happy, and you are miserable. And by the same token, perhaps you have been at events or situations that were to be considered very somber or very sad, perhaps a funeral. And perhaps you were not as sad as the others. Perhaps you were celebrating the life of that person and your vibration was not matching that of your external environment. Your reality would be quite different. And so the notion and the teaching of create your reality must be a bit more clarified, don't you think, for creating your reality or this notion of the laws of attraction that you have begun to study in the past decade or two amongst the masses need some clarification. If you wish to create your reality, know what reality you are referring to. For the only reality that shall ever matter is your perception emotionally of things. For there have been many who have come and gone who have had everything that you wish to have. They have had their twin flame partnership. They have had financial success. They have had wellness in their bodies. And they have had notoriety and respect. And many of these people have taken their own lives, haven't they? And you, all of you will say, well, there must have been some sadness inside. Oh dear, you are very correct. But the sadness has been rooted in a false belief that situations and others are the cause of your own happiness, and they are not. All of your practices, which you do to get more energy, now let us focus on this idea of energy, for all of those who are listening wish to have more energy. Energy can be construed as even having more money in your bank account, or less. It is all dependent on how you see yourselves to be freer and lighter. Some feel better to be homeless. Some feel better to have 10 homes. Again, that is reality creation. When you begin to consciously create your reality, for my friends, you have already been creating your reality before you were even born. You chose to be born into this body, this gender, this demographic, with this set of parents, and whatever physicality you possess or do not possess, you must first begin to ask yourself whether or not you chose to be or not. To be here or not. If you decide that you did not choose to be here and it was a random set of events, then, my dear friends, as is the flow of energy in nature, so as you think it shall be and randomness shall play 
a very scrambled game into your frame of reference all over. What does that mean? How you see the world is how it shall appear. For as the old saying goes, if a pickpocket is in a crowd of saints, all he shall see is their pockets. If you do not believe that you chose to be here, then it will be very problematic for you when you are trying to understand the why of things. Because the answer will always be related to someone else. And so the ideas of blame and victimhood begin to enter into the human's mind. It is their fault, or it is your fault. Let us say you begin to stop blaming everyone else. Sooner or later, you will blame yourself. And there is the flip side of blame, self-blame, which is victimhood. And it will bring you back on that hamster wheel that everyone else is the cause of your feelings. Now, this will prove very problematic if you are wishing to have personal transformation, if you cannot get past this point and take this road where there is a fork in the road. What is this fork? On one side of the fork in the road, it says, all has happened as it was supposed to happen for my evolution. And the other side of the fork in the road says, I did not ask for this. They did something to me and they did not do something for me. Which do you think, my dear friends, is more empowering for the individual? Now, it does not matter whether you believe that these come one way is the right way or the other way. If you are committed to understanding yourself, to loving yourself and others, perhaps you would call it the path of least resistance. You want it in your relationships, in your job, in your physical well-being. That is what you are seeking. You are in the age of understanding energy. How may we help you? Uh, thank you very much, Phineas. Uh, just for the sake of our audience, because uh, we've been listening to you intently, um, it's Guys Guys Radio, your host, Robert Manny. We're here with Riz Mirza, and we are with Phineas. Phineas, thank you so much for uh, gracing us on the show and for your wisdom. Do you see our world where we are right now in a, uh, a better place since you've been you've kind of transcended time uh, than, than we have been in the past or in the future? Where, where do you see, where do the guides and where does Source see us in terms of where we are as a world, as a, as a culture, as a planet? As all of your abilities grow as you are evolving as societies and certainly technologically you shall have for it is the nature of growth as you are expanding to have more and more capabilities with those capabilities you must now look out for more and more facts that are appearing simply put the more that you are creating in new unknown territory there shall be more and more unforeseen data. We do not say wrong things that happen. We say data. All things are data. How you see it, you shall make it right or wrong. Either your death is right or it is wrong. If you do not believe that your death is wrong, then when you die, you shall die. That will be the time that you leave this body and you are in your other body, whatever word you use to call it. As we have been observing what you refer to as contemporary times, certainly 
you are more together in diversity than you ever have been before. Of this there is no doubt, and certainly it is plain to see. When you are referring to are we further along, one must understand the path that you are referring to. You are further along on a certain path. Evolution, well, that is omnipresent. You shall evolve whether you like it or not. The path that you are referring to, and so your society is beginning to truly understand that that which was professed by what you would call the major religions, that there is one God, the monotheistic religions would say there is one God. But the meaning behind all of this in its spiritual essence is not that there is one God, but that oneness is God. Allow oneness to be your God. When oneness is your God, then love shall be your religion. Is love actually your God? Is that what is flowing with you throughout your day? Is creativity, discovery, spontaneity, kindness. When these become your God, not only shall you know, but everyone around you shall know this about you as well. Okay, uh, fantastic. Thank you. Um, you mentioned uh, earlier about choosing to be here or, or not. How can, and it seems like that's a very, very important question that each person has to ask themselves, uh, what is the best way for an individual to uh, know if they had chosen to be here or not? Because my understanding is that we kind of, we choose to come into this form, this 3D form, and we choose our parents and some of the lessons we're supposed to learn. And uh, we don't know that when we come into it, but supposedly that's kind of what was kind of planned out. And then you mentioned randomness. So how, how, do, how, how can we know if we've chosen to be here or not when supposedly we do choose to be here and then maybe things get random because we're not living from a heart centered life is, is I, I forgive me for not articulating it well Phineas but um, please help me out here we understand the essence of what you are seeking to understand one must begin with the ideas of right and wrong the navigation of your life emotionally tends to fall into the category of whether something that has occurred was right or wrong. If it felt good, mostly it was right. If it felt bad, mostly it was wrong. There are those who have suffered from addictions where, while they were consuming the substance of their choice, it felt very right. In fact, they began to know themselves in a very different way. That is something that is quite interesting as we observe the qualities of addiction. It is made to be wrong, for why should you need this substance which is then creating this chaos in your life? And you are trying to narrow it down from your various use of narcotics to alcohol to perhaps even sugar and where it has been creating the inflammation in your being, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so to understand the path of whether you chose to be here or not is very much rooted in if you are very much in the belief of certain things are right and certain things are wrong. If you are experiencing things that are bad, then you will say, I did not choose to be here. I did not ask for this. Why is this happening to me? Very rarely will you find a person questioning their existence if everything seems to be going their way. That is a very rare occurrence. 
They have all the financial security they need. They are falling in love and being with the person they wish to be or a multitude of partners, whatever suits their fancy. They are in wonderful health. Very rarely does that person ask themselves, why am I here, dear God? And so it usually comes, these questions, when things don't seem to be going the way you want them to go. Mm -hmm. Now, whether that is right or wrong will be up to you. And so we must now guide you in the area of asking yourselves a very interesting question. Perhaps you would consider it a riddle. Okay. A very good-natured one, we must add. What is it, perhaps, that you know for sure, without a doubt, that no one can argue with? That is our question. Ponder it for a moment as we explore it more. What is it that you know for sure, without a doubt, that no one can argue with? Now, let us say you say, well, I know that I'm a man. Well, certainly many people would argue with you. Well, you are not a man in our opinion. Mm -hmm. Well, I know I'm a man genetically, for this is the number of chromosomes I have. Well, we do not believe in chromosomes, so don't tell us that. Well, I know the sky is blue. Well, some will argue that the sky is not blue. It is just an area of outer space that you call the sky, and that, that is not actually blue. It is simply blue light being reflected. So there is no sky, and there is nothing that is actually blue. You see how the argument can go. Yes. Now... The one thing that you know for sure that no one can argue with is whether you feel good or not. <laughs> exactly. Very good. The doctor can examine you if it is a physical pain with all of her instruments and all of her tests and say, well, sir, there's nothing wrong with you. We cannot figure why you still seem to say you are not feeling well. So you know this, you know your feeling, you cannot deny it. And that is your reality. And so, whether or not you believe you chose to be here or not, we are here to offer you this. What would give you the empowerment to approach and to self-examine your existence, your life, with more peace that you chose to be here or you did not choose to be here. Now, some will say, well, here is a list of all the things that have happened to me that were very rotten. <laughs> no one in their right mind would choose this. Well, that would be, lead to a humorous situation that you are assuming you are in your right mind. But we can assure you, you are in your right minds. And yes, the person who did choose it was you. And you say, well, I would never have chosen the death of this person and what I went through. And we would say, yes, you would. You are a grand, massive soul. You are a creative, endless, renewable, sustainable form of intelligent energy that is completely love and magic in one. And so is everyone that you love and everyone that you don't even love. And that oneness is what is your understanding of this school that you call planet Earth. This is a school here. Now, mm -hmm. if you choose to see it not as a school, you will not experience it as a school other than a school of hard knocks. If you come to it with reverence and respect, then you shall begin to see that that which is here for you, much of this treasure is hidden, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's quite interesting that uh, treasure always in your literature is buried. You must dig for treasure. Correct? Yes. Yes. And so as you are digging for treasure, what happens when you find it 
is that you begin to know the value of treasure and you begin to see that treasure is everywhere. And so you indeed will find a much better life path if you decide that it is easier and flows more and you are growing more with the notion that you chose to be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, I keep thinking, I feel bad for if we create our lives through <laughs> our thoughts and our feelings and a lot of people uh, have things happening around them that aren't that great and then by having negative thoughts that just they keep having more and more where other people keep going their way, have more and more positive things happen. How can we help the people to get out of that funk when they have uh, negative thoughts and negative things happening so it doesn't create a snowball effect? Because, you know, all people are good. We're all connected. We're all oneness. But a lot of people are experiencing things that are uh, it's like one uh, not great thing after the other. Indeed. What is unfortunate and what shall be amended as the years go on is that this form of understanding life and creation will begin to be taught at the kindergarten level. Mm -hmm. Understanding emotional intelligence as well as soul path and the ideas that you currently consider to be metaphysical. You began with the ideas of time out for children. You recall when this began to play in society, calling mm -hmm. for a timeout. Indeed, this is a very interesting development. For the timeout simply refers to a time to gather one's thoughts, to release anger or negativity in the hopes that this timeout will allow the child to de escalate their elevated agitation, correct? Yes. And certainly now it is used for adults as well. You say to each other, it's time for a timeout. Yeah. And hopefully in the best regard, these timeouts will allow you to breathe, to settle from your anger. Mm -hmm. For a very practical way for those who are listening. Coming back to your breath, to take deep breath throughout the day, to close your eyes, it only takes moments, perhaps only seconds, to do this a few times a day, to remind yourself, perhaps even to write a note, to place it somewhere where you will not forget. Reminders to simply breathe. What is the sign of life and what is the sign of death? Breathing. If you are not breathing, the person is dead. Correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Simple teaching and a wonderful teaching the body has <laughs> for you. And so if you are out of breath, it means that you are losing some life force and gasping for it. So you must First and foremost, return to breathing. Now, many of you out there who do not practice meditation do other things to allow the breathing to settle, and that would be perhaps running or physical vigorous exercise. Mm -hmm. Whatever it may be, even in the interaction of human beings sexually, there is an increase in the heart rate and in the breath, and there is certainly a release of energy in that act. And all of this is to recenter oneself. We recommend that you find peaceful ways to do this for yourself, for you will be more productive, creative, as well as begin to communicate more peacefully with others. And that is what you need to have more success in what you are seeking. No matter what it is that you are going through, this is something that does not cost you great amounts of money at all. In fact, it is quite free. No matter where it is, you can come back to the breath. And from that, 
you may then begin to seek teachers or books or any kind of information to help you lead a life where you decide that it is your divine birthright to be at peace no matter what the situation is and you must because it is something that you value. You value more than anything your peace. We send you many blessings on your path and your good work. Dick, and thank you, Phineas. Thank you so much. We shall bring Rhys back to his body now. <clears throat> hey. Hi, hey, Riz, how are you? Rested. This is Guys Guys Radio, your host, Robert Manny. We're bringing back Riz Mirza now. Yep. Riz, welcome back. Thank you and thank Phineas. Um, talk to us a little bit about um, how that experience usually goes. Um, I know you step out of it. Phineas uh, answered uh, basically every question I had before I had a chance to ask him. <laughs> he started in the uh, macro. I did ask him a question or two personal at the end, and he was he was wonderful. So I learned a lot. I hope our audience really enjoyed that. How does that uh, tie into what uh, people usually uh, experience? And also, how, how do you feel after you go through this process? So it, it ties in exactly. This is how most people feel when they come to the circle. And, um, and if you guys are ever in Los Angeles, you can find me on Facebook. And it's very easy to find me, the Circle of Light, on Tuesdays and Sundays. And... I feel uh, great after. In the beginning, when I started channeling over a decade ago, I used to be pretty tired after, and um, I would have to, and I would end up at like a twenty-four hour diner, like scarfing down sandwiches and French fries and milkshakes, mm -hmm. trying to. It's kind of like trying to get to, back to your, ground yourself. Is that yeah, it? To ground myself? But then after mm -hmm. I gained fifteen pounds, I said, "No, I can't do that anymore." <laughs> Amazing. You know what? There's another channel who I interviewed and the, he said the exact same thing. I was at a break. I'm like, how do you feel? He goes, I got to go have a steak. And I said, why? Because I have to ground myself. And I've noticed over the years he's put some pounds on and I'm, I'm sure it's like at first I was thinking, wow, that would be really cool. And then why, while I experienced uh, what, what this person was experiencing, I was like, wow, that's not easy. So how is it on you physically? It has actually this? now rejuvenated me. Mm-hmm where it used to be something that I would have to rest and I would need everyone to leave the circle right after. Um, but because I, when I channel, I'm, it's average of four hours mm -hmm. straight. There's no break. Um, and the longest channeling I've done is five and a half hours straight. Wow. And so I'm kind of like a, I'm, I'm a marathon runner when it comes to channeling. I have a lot, a lot of surrender Mm -hmm. um, I don't call it stamina. See, it. there's a reason I use that word. I surrender to it completely. Like I don't, and I allow that. I do the work on myself. And you know, the hardest thing to do is to do the work on yourself. Right, right. And that's what that's what uh, Phineas was talking about. So, tell us one more time for our audience uh, where they can find you. What's your website? My website is rizmirza.com. R I Z m i r z a dot com i also have a podcast that's called the large medium ha 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 mm -hmm. the large medium at podbean.com and where i just talk about how to untangle your mind how to understand things like spirit guides and channeling and you can find me on facebook on instagram i'm um psychic riz the whiz <laughs> and you can follow me there um, we lead retreats to india and egypt um every year where I take people on mystical journeys through those lands. 
And uh, I just got back from India. I'm headed to Egypt next week. All right, great. All right, well, thank you so much for being on Guys Guys Radio. Everybody, Riz Mirza, this has been one of our most fantastic, fascinating shows ever. So I'm so thankful for, for you to come on and talk with our audience and bring Phineas in and uh, just uh, educate us on what you do. Thanks so much. Be well. Okay. All I can say is, wow, that was really fascinating um, communicating um, with Phineas through Riz. I could feel the energy here and I hope you enjoyed it. To me, it was absolutely fascinating. And um, as I was uh, developing my questions, I just had to keep crossing them off because Phineas was answering my questions before he was ahead of me before I could ask them. So it's re- really fascinating, and, uh, and what a what a kind soul and what a loving message that we got there. So, guys, guys, radio, we bring you uh, different points of view, whether it's metaphysical, whether it's relationships, whether it's people in sports or entertainment. We want to bring out the information, and then you determine what works for you. I got a lot out of uh, listening to Phineas, and you know what? After doing about close to three hundred and sixty shows now. I have gotten a free education, and you can too, because all of our Guys Guys Radio podcasts are available on iTunes, and they're available on Stitcher and Spreaker and the KCAA streaming. And if you want to uh, support us, all you need to do is either buy my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love, which kind of started this whole Guys Guys movement. It's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, Power and Money in New York City. It's been called the male uh, successor to Sex in the City. Um, the book's available on Amazon and wherever else you buy books. Um, but if you give us a rating on iTunes, that also helps also. You can rate, subscribe, review there. My uh, website is robertmanni.com, and I've got over 300 blog posts about everything having to do with life, love, and the pursuit of happiness I'm all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Feel free to hit me up. And uh, I do the show for you. I'm getting an education, but I want to bring ideas forth for everybody out there to consider. And once again, you know, we get a lot of media consumption that's fed to us. I want to give you guys ideas that you can consider, whether you're a guy or a lady. Um, We all need to uh, be exposed to as much information as possible that we can live our best lives. So it's Guys Guys Radio. Thanks for listening in. We'll be back next week. And as I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. (laughs) 